Conservative Daily Podcast is back. It's Friday. Call in. We want to hear what you have to say with our hosts, Joe Altman and Max McGuire. Welcome back to second hour of the podcast. Oh, where'd Joe go? Get a step out for one moment. I sent you a message. Okay. Oh, I didn't didn't see it. Um, Joe had to step out. Um, your messages aren't going through. Do you, you text me? I don't have my phone on me. Um, so our number, 888-441-1121. If you want to call in, please do. Um, with these open line Fridays, we kind of keep the second hour going as long as we have things to talk about, as long as we have callers calling in. Um, lots of people want to get off of work. Lots of people want to get home. So we don't like to take too much time any, any longer than we have to. But if you have anything you want to talk about, 888 441 one one two one is our number. Um, so it looks like Ron DeSantis is is launching his twenty twenty two reelection campaign for Florida's governor today, um, which is good news for Florida. Not so great news for all of us that might want him to be president. <laughs> well, who knows? Um, may, maybe he'll he'll still run for president. You never know. Um, that's that's interesting. Um, lots of other news about about the Democrats and their court packing. I, I can't believe that they're that they're actually going through with this. I can't believe that they 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 think that this will be good for them. It's it's very warped, very twisted. Um, but I mean, it is what it is. We have to keep fighting every single day. Um, Joe, what what news stories are you seeing in in the news that you want to talk about? Whew. Well, you talk about the Dante Wright. You have the the um, another uh, shooting last night at the FedEx facility. I don't know if you guys talked a little about that while I was using the boys' room. Um, you, you have the same propaganda from the left huh, that I frankly I, I get tired of speaking about, and that is um, the Russian hoax that they were actually you know, putting bounties on U.S. soldiers Mm -hmm. in Russia. Yet it didn't stop Biden from creating or putting sanctions in place on Russia. You know, again, boiling or adding to the tensions that already exist, because there's no doubt that Putin thinks that Biden is an empty shell and he's not wrong. Putin actually stands up for strength in his environment. And Biden stands for I don't even know what. um, Drinking food through your straw. I don't know what you what you you know, equate him to very weak, very weak. Um, one of the really big ones that I think we should talk about as we say that this um, is actually brought to you by MyPillow. Um, if you want to put that up, MyPillow, you can save up to 66% by using CD21. Um, is that the guy that, uh, man, what is his name? The guy that did the, the, the pillow guy, he wanted to create his own pillow company. Oh, yeah. Compete against yeah. Hog, David, yeah, David Hog, David Hog, Hog, Hog. Yeah. So he he went out and said, "I'm going to create my own pillow company to compete against my pillow," and it did not even get the pillow off the couch, yeah. and that is now not even anything that uh, I guess he's abandoned. He sees it's a little too hard to start a company. Well, do you it's know why they didn't name it right? If he wanted to get leftists to buy a pillow, he should have named it our pillow, our pillow, and yeah. play and play on the socialism. It's not your pillow. It's our collective pillow. I think if you would have named it our pillow, it probably would have gotten some Marxists to at least buy a couple. But you're right. They didn't even get I don't think they filed the LLC paperwork. I think someone else beat them to the website because they announced this all on Twitter without actually doing any of the legwork. So very early on, they realized that someone else had already gotten the the trademark, had already bought the filed for the naming rights. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, it's not as easy, not as easy just to start a business and to run with it. Um, yeah, the bounty story, completely false, completely a lie. Um, you see the Chicago shooting yeah. that, that the video got released. Now, I'm still trying to parse through it, but the one thing that is an undeniable fact is the kid who got shot by the cop during that encounter was holding a gun at one point. The media claiming he's unarmed. He might have been unarmed the minute he got shot, but during that encounter, he had a gun in his hand. Okay, and hold it on is a undeniable. Let me let me stop you and, for a minute. Let me stop yeah. you for a minute. <sighs> he 
probably did a lot of bad things. That's probably true. He was probably a troubled kid, 13 years old, running around Chicago. You have two choices. You can become a victim and hope that you make it through it, keep your head down, run from inside the school to your house, hope somebody doesn't shoot through your walls. Or you can join the fray, right, and become a part of the gangs. There's no doubt that the environment is, is a great indicator of where these kids are going to go. With that said, I don't care if he had a bazooka in his hand. I don't care if he literally had a nuclear uh, uh, or grenade in his hand. I don't care about that. What I care about is did he have a gun? Did he point the gun at him? Did they do anything? You can't justify killing a 13-year-old kid because he's a gangbanger and because he had a gun that he threw behind the deal. He didn't have the gun on him. I've seen the video. I watched the video the entire time. There, there has to be accountability. We cannot do this if and then. We can't sit on the same site that the Democrats sit on. We, we have to be very unemotional about this. I'm sorry the police officer shot him. I'm sorry that he probably sh is going to go to jail and he should go to jail. I'm sorry, but the public is pissed off and I'm pissed off too. I mean, look, and I said this all the time, there are consequences. There are things that you could do wrong up to the point that they do something wrong. It doesn't forgive you. I'm not telling you that there's not a reason why he didn't die. He did those things, but I'm not willing to take his character and assassinate it under the pretense that the police officer was justified even one iota. He's not. His He's gang not. nickname was Lil Homicide. I don't care. I don't care. We, we Listen to me. You can't, at some point, we cannot use justification in order to say that it doesn't matter at that point. Did he have a gun at the time that he was shot? The answer is no, he did not. Now, did he have a gun beforehand? The answer is yes, he did have a gun beforehand, right? He did. But we cannot use character assassination to give justification to the police to killing this kid. You just can't. I'm sorry. I don't agree with it. I think that at some point there has to be a cutoff. Otherwise, we are executing young people. We are executing black yeah. men, Hispanic. We are executing people. And we're allowing it because we said, oh, by the way, this is the type of person that he is. And look, I, I looked well, at- no, the one's no one executed him. What happened in this case is Lil Homicide was out walking at night and had a gun in his hand. <sighs> now, if you don't want to get shot by police and you're 13 years old, don't walk around in the inner city holding a gun. Now, okay. whether he dropped it, it's dark out, Joe. If police saw he had a gun, maybe they didn't see that he dropped it, right? The, the way he avoids this confrontation completely is to not hold the gun, right? Officers, listen, yeah, was he unarmed when he was shot and killed? It looks like he was, yes. Did the officer know that? I don't know. Did the officer know he was holding the gun? I don't know. But we can see, go ahead, put up my screen. We can see that the body camera shows he was holding a gun at yep. one point during that encounter. Now, if the officer doesn't see him drop the gun and sees him turn around, that officer could have a legitimate argument that he was afraid. Listen, we see this over and over and over again. If Lil Homicide is holding a gun, it's tragic that he died. It is, right? But they're calling him an unarmed kid. Well, no, he had gang affiliations, allegedly. He's on camera with a gun. It's tragic what happened to him, right? But you can't say that police shot him unarmed. Maybe they didn't see him drop the gun, right? Maybe they didn't see that. All of these things, they say he was unarmed, 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 unarmed. The guy, the guy in the, in the other shooting, right, who lunged into the car, he had, he had warrants for gun crimes. It, whether or not there was a gun in the console, you don't do that when there's cops around. You're putting them on edge, right? Was this kid a good boy? I don't know. I don't know. Maybe Lil Homicide was a joke name. Right? But <laughs> the fact that the media was burying the lead in that the body camera shows he was holding a gun. I don't know. It's just I'm, I'm getting tired of everyone being unarmed, even when they are quite literally armed. I'm, I'm, not, I'm getting tired of it. But, but I guess this is the chaos that we create. This is the chaos. And this is the conversation we have to have. I, I literally am standing on the on the middle of the fence here. And on one side, I'm saying, look, I support law enforcement 100%. On the other side, I'm saying, man, we'll just use Dante, the Dante kid, right? I mean, he was a felon. He was a thug. 
He's a gangbanger. We're gonna we're gonna. We don't know if he was a felon. We know that he had at the very least misdemeanors. Okay. Well, he was going to be a felon. (laughs) How's that? Let me repeat. Let me bring that back a little bit. I apologize. I shouldn't have said he was a felon, but he was wanted on a felony warrant, right? That's true. So I believe so. Yeah. So the the but the issue that I have is that everyone is a product of their environment. Everyone is a product of the experiences they've had. Right. And I've had bad police experiences. I have, I grew up with them. I grew up with a lot of them. I grew, I I mean, I see it happen now. I did a podcast yesterday morning talking about how broken the system is. I have zero confidence that the police are going to solve a problem for me. Zero. Now, do I still believe believe in the the rule of law and that we need to support police? A hundred percent. Do I believe that police officers are good all the time? Nope. I have plenty of friends that are police officers, right? Some of them who I'm friends with, I tell them all the time. I was like, dude, you need to get rid of the chip on your shoulder. I say it to them. But but the other side of me is, look, I said this before. When I was a, when I was a kid, when I was 16 years old, I sold drugs. Does that make me a bad person? I never got caught. I don't have a record. Does it make me a bad person because I sold drugs? I didn't know there was another opportunity, another way out, right? I was stuck in the middle of it. I was stuck in the middle of it. But I, but I look at that and go, man, it's absolutely wrong. I've had this conversation with my kids and I go, listen, don't put yourself in a position where the police have to be called on you. Don't put yourself in a position where you have to have law enforcement involved. Don't break the law. Don't act like an ass. That's really it. I tell them that. I, I, I put it as clear as day. But there has to be some sort of mechanism where we are training up our police officers, giving them more training, giving them more continued education. We're, we're doing things. And look, I'm telling you right now, I don't know, I don't know what the police officer was thinking. So I have to give benefit of the doubt to the police officer. But let's talk about my brother. Do I also have to give benefit of the doubt to the police officer that knocked my brother off a motorcycle at 90 miles an hour so he hit a wall, then hit a pole, broke his neck and died? Do I have to give him a benefit of the doubt? Because the answer to that question is no. Not a chance do I want to give him a benefit of the doubt. No. Because you know what the consequences are when you hit someone on a motorcycle at 90 miles an hour, knock them into a wall. But then people would say, well, your brother had a DUI before and your brother, you know, was running from the police and they'll do the same thing to him. And what I'm trying to do is we, we have to draw a line in the sand at some point and say, here's the line. Here, here's the line. Don't go, don't go over it. And by the way, in order to make sure that we are more able to say that we are going to stay within this limit of what truth is and hold people accountable, then here's the line of accountability. You can't go over it. And you go over it, there's no justification. Either it is or it isn't. Well, they shot him. Okay. And by the way, the police officer knew when he shot him, he knew. I mean, you, you could see from the video that he knew he did not want to shoot him. I believe it was an accident. It doesn't make it justified. It just makes it an accident. But, but I still can't, I can't justify the fact that maybe I want to look back and go, how, much, how many hours over the last 90 days did you spend in a range in, inside of uh, um, situational awareness? Like we, at, at DCF, we have an entire system that allows you to go through situational awareness where you can actually go through with a, uh, um, what is it called? Uh, simulator all the different things that police officers go through. We have that. So this is the important context I think we need to explain. You're right. There are bad cops out there. And and we, there needs to be a line drawn. I think the there also needs to be a line drawn that police officers are being killed in this country. So Adam Toledo also went by the name allegedly of Lil Homicide, yeah. was shot and killed on March 29th. March 29th. In late March, there had already been six this year. So the beginning of the year to the end of March, there had already been 16 Chicago cops either shot or shot at. So I, I do think it's important to understand that we, we look at people as being a, a product of their environments, right? Yeah, this kid probably got roped into gang life and and, and we all wish he, he wouldn't. But understand that good cops and bad cops, whatever they are, they are live, they're working a profession where their profession, it's open season on them in parts of Chicago. Yeah. So you have to understand that when that cop, I, I'm not, I don't want to presume what he said, but what he thought, but understand that when he sees a kid holding a gun and he knows in his back 
in the back of his mind that 16 of his other men, brothers and sisters and blood had already been shot or shot at in Chicago that year alone. You have to understand that that goes into the itchy trigger finger. So, so listen, and maybe he didn't and, see and, it drop. I don't is, know. And this is where you and I can agree, right? This is where I find myself on the fence where as I have a conversation with you, I, I pull myself that side of the fence. And then I talk about, you know, the fact that it's a 13 year old kid and I pull myself on that side of the fence. And then there's a part where he's a hood rat and I would go, that has nothing to do with it. it has nothing to do with who he is because of his, so, what he was born into. And the fact that getting out of there, you have less than a 1% chance. Less than, you have a better chance of winning the lottery literally every day for, for the rest of your life than you do of getting out of the hood. You do. I mean, the big thing yeah. for them is I'm going to go learn to play basketball because maybe I'll get a scholarship and maybe I'll be able to get out doing that. I'm going to go play football. I'm going to get into the sport. Then they get into the education side of it and they don't have the support that is necessary. So they got a second grade education reading level. Some of the most talented athletes that I've ever come into contact with in the inner city, kids that I thought were pro ball player material in football, right? Couldn't hold a conversation with you just, just because they just, they, did, they just didn't, they didn't have it. They didn't have the ability to have all the other functions that are necessary in order to come up through the system to become an NFL player, right? Yeah. They just they just don't have it. So I just I I look at both sides because I grew up. I'm in sympathetic. It. I'm sympathetic. I absolutely am. My problem is that every time we see one of these stories, we hear the same thing. Oh well, there were other factors at play. They were a good person. They were unarmed. Look at George uh -huh. Floyd. George Floyd was not a good dude. He may, he didn't deserve to die in the street like that, but he was not a good dude, right? The guy had many crimes in his past. Not a good dude. Huh? You look at Jacob Blake, Jacob Blake, the guy who was shot in uh, in Kenosha. He has a rap sheet, a long rap sheet, and he actually had a Let's, restraining order we, we prohibiting got, him from from going to the house. Yeah, right. I, this guy's nickname is Little Homicide. I don't know if that's a joke. I, I don't know. I, I don't know anymore. Right. The the problem is, I'm I'm tired. I'm tired of the media saying, "Oh, another innocent person was killed," and it takes one keyboard warrior half an hour to realize to poke holes in it. And that's not to say that they deserve to die, right? right. But it, it does speak right. to the dishonesty in the media, the dishonesty on the left, dishonesty and some on the right that they're trying to gin this up. As, oh, another another unarmed person was killed. And then you look at the body camera and he's holding a handgun. So like I'm, I'm tired. We're being lied to constantly. And I'm just done perpetuating the lies. Right. right? But, but if, then, if a 13-year-old named Lil Homicide is shot and killed by police and he's walking around at night in Chicago holding a gun, I'm sorry. In this instance, I am giving the benefit of the doubt to the cop. When at that point, 16 other cops have been shot or shot at in that city, I'm giving the benefit of the doubt that at least he was in fear of for his life, that he didn't just assassinate someone in the street. Because I think to jump to the point that they're just assassinating kids in the street, I, I can't get there. I can't get there. And if you have, if we have evidence, I'm the first one that's going to take it. But every time someone presents evidence, oh, look, this guy was just, this guy was just shot and killed because he was pulled over for having, for having an air freshener in his windshield. No, he was shot because he had, he had gun warrants out for his arrest and he lunged into a vehicle and the cops had no idea what was going on. Right. I'm just, I'm tired of the lies. Yeah. So, but again, yeah, let's get the first caller in. He's been waiting a little while and then we'll come back to it. Let's see what, what the caller has to say. Who are we talking to? Anna? Anna, yes. how are you? Thanks for calling. Hi, good. Sure. Well, I have lots to say, but I'll make it quick. Um, <laughs> regarding the first while ago when you were talking about the one in six polls says they identify yeah. as LGBT. I don't think that's right. Um, my husband always quotes this, if before you take anything as, as truth, you need to find where the source is. Who's doing the poll? Who's getting statistics? I looked online just now, and most of them are left-leaning polls or organizations. One is Christian Post, but who knows if they just copy the information. Um, yeah. And children... They are manipulated by peers, peer pressure, and the media, and the teachers, and whoever that says, oh, it's cool to be LGBT or gay or whatever. Oh, yeah. But they don't have the psychological wherewithal or maturity to make the decision on what they want to be when they grow up, let alone what they think they are. So I wouldn't take that as fact. 
that they will stay that I, way. I, it's just I, no, the society. No, I, I don't believe that. Cool. I don't believe that they're irredeemable or, or or that they have no ability to change. I do think that mm. if someone has hormone treatment before they hit puberty, the odds of them being able to father or mother children and change their mind, that kind of goes away. But I agree. Like, oh, you have to definitely. look at the sources. The, the sources I was looking yeah. at, Gallup, we got to put up my screen. Gallup, this is the poll that Gallup, Gallup yep. put out. Um, Gen Z, 11.5 identifies bisexual, 2.1% gay, 1.4% lesbian, 1.8% transgender. Right. Um, you look but at Ipsos, this is Ipsos, that only two-thirds of Gen Z identify as straight. Yeah, they're not all yep. truthful, but the overwhelming right. evidence from all the polls is that well, Gen Z has a higher likelihood of identifying as LGBT than any other generation before it. And, and whether we can parse the numbers. It's but, because of our depraved society. No, it's, it's not. Because it's of what a, yeah, you're right. It constantly yeah. comes into their mind. But it's because they're educating them that they have a choice and they're educating them inside yeah. of the thing. They're indoctrinating them, Max. They're actually yeah. recruiting kids into this movement. No, that's true. Right? So that, if they stop recruiting exactly. kids into the movement of, hey, you need to yep. be gay, right? And they stop recruiting yep. kids, which by the way is sick, just all by itself. If they stop that, they wouldn't infect their mind. This is why suicides are up, drug use is up. Yep. It's because they know yep. that there's a, a fundamental value inside of you that knows, yep. that knows that, exactly. hey, this is not right, right? But they follow it anyway. My friend went to a school board meeting in Denver a few days ago. The parents there were promoting that the schools allow the medication for these kids to change their sex and whatever else be taught from kindergarten on that it's okay to change your sex or your orientation. And this is sick that parents are doing this. So no wonder the kids are confused. But like we said too, with Joe's daughter calling in, if her group, her, her age group could get together and be encouraged to start organizations like yours, Joe, where they could get young people together and do some fighting politically and culturally and just make it more popular or just enlighten these young kids on what really is involved in being LGBT. Um, my friend um, that went to that meeting, her brother became her sister at 17, and the whole family had to go through two years of psychological training or teaching with the kid. And now, and he's tried to commit suicide four times. Wonder why. And he regrets it. Yep. And on the other issue, so we need to protect our kids, like you've been saying, and have young kids band together and say, come on, guys, let's think about good things. Let's not think about LGBT. Let's, let's try to change the world for good. Um, the other issue, the kid in Chicago that was killed by cops, I see both of your sides. Um, I worked with the sheriff's office down here and our deputies anyway, I don't know about other cops, but they are trained in psychological skills and hostage negotiation to try to convince the suspect to drop the weapon. Now, and when I've done typed up cases, the deputies, to me, go way over and beyond the, what I would do with my patients to tell the guy suspect to drop the weapon. They go over and over and over, given so many chances. And if you do some kind of psychological negotiation with a 13-year-old, I'm sure he would probably drop the weapon. Um, so that's where I say they, Chicago police need to train their people better or something, because you're right. The 13-year-old does not have the psychological maturity to know um, that killing or holding a gun is, is ultimately the, you know, the end of somebody's life. They just see people dying and coming back to life on TV all the time. Yep. They don't have desensitized. They don't know that it's it's yep. it's yeah. They don't know it's permanent. And yep. by the way, in in places like Chicago, they, they don't look forward to life. They don't look yep. forward. They don't they Probably. don't know that there's another opportunity out there. Like it, yep. I remember the first time <laughs> this is crazy. I remember the first time that I went to a really nice restaurant. And and my not my idea of a nice restaurant, right, was Olive Garden. <laughs> mm -hmm. Was Chesapeake Bay Seafood House. I grew hey. up on the East Coast. When when you're when you're here, yeah. your family. I mean, I I yep. remember. I'm telling you, th that to me was a nice restaurant. 
Now, I remember the first time that I took my parents to a nice restaurant and they didn't know how to react. Right. Mm -hmm. And I don't mean nice restaurants. I don't mean, I don't mean that they don't know nice restaurants, but I'm taking them to a five star deal and they're looking at me like, what, what are we doing? What do I eat? What do I do with my napkin? (laughs) Right. (laughs) I wouldn't know how to act. But, but it, it, and it, but frankly, it is, it, 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 in my life, I mean, when, when I was in high school, I, I did not, I did not take advantage of some of the things that I thought were important. I had to teach myself not to mm-hmm. talk, act. I, I had to look at societal norms, started reading books. I became very interested. I became very smart overnight. And I knew I was smart, but I didn't know that I was smart. In other words, I didn't know that there was an opportunity for me. And I wasn't at the very yeah. bottom of the socioeconomic. I was not right. nowhere near the bottom. I was in the middle of the bottom. Mm-hmm. And I guess this is the problem that I have. And this is why I've given up my time for educational purposes like ACE scholarships yeah. and, and helped, you know, help kids in inner cities and play football with, yeah, with people that are, awesome. that are a different environment than me. People are like, well, Joe, and I'll still walk up with my Trump hat on. Right. I'm like, hey, what's up, <laughs> fellas? And they're like, dude, what are you Good. doing? You take that hat off. No, I'm not taking the hat off. You gonna have to hit me to take that hat off. Right. But, yeah. but it's why I got more opportunities in that environment. And I just, I'm not telling you that what Max is saying isn't accurate, but what I'm saying is what I'm saying is not accurate, is not inaccurate either. Now, I think that the, the mm-hmm. media in the middle of it is what screws up the narrative. They, they're the ones that yeah. screw it up, right? By not well, making they it- they screw everything up. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. But cops need to be trained better in negotiation skills because yeah. I believe no 13 year old has a psychological maturity to know what he's doing. Right. So. All right. Hey, thanks for your call. We do appreciate you calling. All right. God bless you. Have a great weekend. Next on the line, we have Zach Max. No, we don't. We do. All right. I got to give, I got to give him a minute. It takes Josh a couple seconds. We don't rush perfection with Josh. You got to give Josh a little bit of space. It's like fine wine. some time. Yeah. It's like fine wine without the fine part. It's like like bourbon. It takes a couple years. Take a couple years inside of a cask. It's prison. It's prison wine. Yeah. Zach. What's up? What's up, brother? How you doing? That was a new way to watch Conservative Daily, I must say. Which way? I had Uh-oh. elevator music going, so I couldn't really hear you or Max. <laughs> oh, my just, gosh. It was great, man. It was a new way. So, yeah. So you guys just want to dive wait. right into it? You Let's go. Come on. First? Sure. Let's go. What's what talking about? about? Yeah. So religion was the start, and what I want to ask you, Matt. Uh oh, what's uh, happening? What happened, Zach? Uh, you're back. Oh. You're back. You're back. Right. Are we good? Yeah, we're good. Keep yeah, talking. We're here. Go, ahead. go ahead. Okay, so when when you look at the New Testament, when Jesus came, and the whole New Testament was written about kind of his journey on this world and future to come. But when you look at that and he replaces the covenant of the Old Testament with the covenant of the New Testament, which is basically love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and then also treat others how you would want to be treated. Right. When you talk about like the LGBT, because I know Joe probably will agree with this, do you think that it's a bad thing that people are like gay or do you just respect their decision as an individual to live their life? Because I think when you look at those polls, what we believe is that they have the right to do whatever they want in their life and we shouldn't infringe on that, but they can't take it too far to like backlash on religion. But I feel like religion kind of gets that stuff because they're so anti-gay because of stories like Sodom and Gomorrah and stuff like that. So that would be where I'd want to start, I guess. Yeah. I mean, so you, you have, you have the, the bit of obviously Sodom and Gomorrah bit, right? You have Leviticus that very, very clear on the matter, right? Obviously you do have the new Testament. And as a result, as I talked about on the podcast before the new Testament, the new covenant with God, you don't have to worry about if you're a woman wearing pants, all of a sudden you're going to hell, which that's in Leviticus, right? You're not going to go to hell if you eat shellfish because it might be in Leviticus, but it doesn't, it's not part of that new covenant. I get that. Absolutely. I get that. There are there are passages though within the New Testament that that identify that men shouldn't lie with other men. Now, what what you're saying is is does that do I just write them off? No, absolutely not. Um, we said this on the pat on the podcast before. 
the path to salvation is through Christ, but everyone's path is a different path. So I'm not going to speak for them and presume what what their eternity is going to look like. No, it's, it's up to them and God, right? Um, it's not a judgment issue. When we look at yeah. just the issue in general, though, is our society better for having more gay marriages, for having more people identifying this way? We, we talked about just the last couple of guests. In a lot of ways, this is being forced on kids, thinking it's cool, thinking it's the new the new way to be popular, right? I, I, I don't think it's it's controversial to question whether or not it's a good idea for, even if this poll is wrong, the Gallup poll, whether it's a good idea for 11.5% of Gen Zers to identify as bisexual, right? Just taking taking the, the issue of your sexual orientation out of it completely, right? We want people to settle down, ha- get married, have kids, right? Start a family. It, it's hard to do that if, if you're identifying as transgender at a higher rate than any other generation before you. So taking but religion out of it, I mean- different for me than- Religion's up like to the them. LGBT. Yeah. So, so here, let me just tell you my thoughts. Okay. My business partner is a gay, married Jewish father of two. One of my business partners, right? Super good guy. One of my close friends, love the guy. Right. And one of the reasons why we've always got along well is I accept him where he is, not where I want him to be. Right. So, so I think at some point, like Jesus said. what's that? I said, like Jesus said, like, yeah. that's how you want to be treated. Right. And, and, and that's why I can have conversations with people that are that say Joe doesn't have any dog in this hunt. He accepts me. It's, it's why I can go hang out with people who maybe I, maybe I'm not the same person. Maybe I don't agree with them on a, on a uh, political uh, space. Maybe I don't. And they still accept me. They accept me for the things that we're similar with, not the things that we're different by. And I think one of the issues that I have with the LGBT community is not the LGBT community community. I have a friend of mine whose daughter is gay. And her partner is, I think, the best thing that's ever happened to her. So how, who am I to judge her? I'm not God. Now, do, does it mean that I think that it's right? No, I don't. I don't I, I, but it, it's not for me. But it's also not for me to judge her or him. Right? That's for God to do. My job is to love on them. My job is to do the right thing. My job is to make sure that, they're, that people that that end up making that choice in life. I just love on them. I'm, I'm a good example to them, right? I teach them the right things. I talk to them about the right things, but I still accept them. My issue, the line in the sand for me is, is very simple. Do not indoctrinate kids that this is where you should go. Do not push kids to be gay. Do not push kids to live a life that frankly is, is it, 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 it's opposed to the teachings of the Bible. Say it, say it or not, it's opposed to it. Now, when you die, you don't get to take your body with you. It's your spirit. So I don't know how they're going to work all that stuff out on on that. But I do know that we shouldn't be indoctrinating and changing people's the the psychological uh, constructs of of a of a kid's mind. I think if they get older and they end up that way, then so be it. Then accept them there, right? But you you love the sinner. You can hate the sin. You love the sinner. You you don't have to love the sin. And I do think we are far cry from what the libertarian position was just a couple of years ago, which is whatever you want to do in your bedroom, go for it. I don't care, right? That is, I, I'm still that way in a, in a lot of ways. Whatever you want to do, I don't care. As long as it doesn't affect me. That's always the caveat. As long as it doesn't affect me. There are people who are being put out of business because they don't want to participate in gay weddings, right? There are churches who are who are being threatened with losing their tax-exempt status because they don't, their priests don't want to officiate gay weddings. That is a very far cry from just let us get married and, and that'll be the end of it. And I promise you, it won't affect your life in any negative way whatsoever. So it, it, I have nothing against anyone who's gay. I have gay friends. I love them to death, right? I, 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 whatever they do, it's up to them, right? The issue I have and I've always had is that it isn't just what's going on in that bedroom. It, it's, it, it started moving into the public square. And I mean... You, you look at what gay pride parades look like nowadays. It's, it's hard to watch a gay pride parade like the one that they put on in New York City and say that the country would be much better if that was happening in, in every city around the country all the time. Right. It, it's just it's very hard to make that argument. That's right. just where I'm coming from. I would agree with you. But do you think that some of that like backlash that you see is because 
people, instead of just loving and accepting people, I mean, I get you have the right to refuse service to anyone and there is choice too, but I feel like a lot of that animosity between the LGBT community and the church is because the church initially was like very against like gay people. And that created like this atmosphere of they both just do not typically, there still are churches that are LGBT and all the rest and like that exists as well, but it's just the the unacceptance I think that caused the problem that you're seeing now where you shouldn't indoctrinate kids, but you should also tell kids that just love everybody. I mean, it doesn't matter if you're gay, if you're straight, whatever you well, are. Acceptance, the trans thing is a little bit different, different for than, me. Acceptance is different than tolerance, right? I, I don't think you're yeah. going to find an evangelical, I don't think you're going to be able to, to convince the average evangelical Christian that a uh, homosexual lifestyle is something they should support. I don't think you're going to do it, right? Uh, yeah, but that's a big... I think that you like, can teach them to tolerate it. I think you can teach them to tolerate it, but toleration is not the same as acceptance. Those, those two words are often used interchangeably, and acceptance requires them to change their ideological beliefs, right? It, it's one thing, do whatever you want, right? Toleration. If, if you're happy... Do whatever you want, and and I'll be there. I'll be at the gay wedding. I'll be celebrating your union, right? But that that there's a big difference between toleration and acceptance, and having to change your own ideological beliefs and your own business practices or whatever to to ac accommodate their preferences. I, I I that those two words get interchanged a lot, and and it, it they're not the same meaning. You're conflating the business with the church, I think, in this argument. And I kind of keep the two separate where I agree that no business should be forced to do anything. If you want to refuse service to anyone as a business, that is your right as a business to do that. But the church itself and the body of the church is more what I'm referring to when we're talking about this. Because it is so should the, should the Catholic Church, should the Catholic Church have to officiate gay weddings? No. Is the Catholic Church God and can judge gay people for being sinners. No, I don't no. think God lets anybody judge other people. Well, listen, listen. Okay, so let me let, let's back up on this really quick because this is where yeah. this is where free choice has to come into play. This is where re religious freedoms have to be protected. Now, if if if, if people want to get married and they're same sex, you don't have to force your beliefs on someone else. Someone else doesn't have to participate in that particular uh, belief. They don't have to participate in that particular ceremony. Now they can find someone to do that, but you can't force people to be your slave, to be, to be enslaved by your mindset, right? It, it, it's just, it's not right. So I, I don't think that any pastor, any should be forced to actually do a same sex, sex marriage. I don't believe that anyone should have to, yeah, I, would agree to with you. I don't think anyone should have to bake a cake. I don't think anyone should have to, you should never have to bow down to and, and, and participate in somebody else's lifestyle. That should never be something that comes up. Never. I'm sorry. It just shouldn't. Because I think a, a fundamental value in our country is the ability to have choice and to basically say that I don't want to be a part of that. I don't want to participate in that on both sides, on both sides. Right. I mean, I agree with you, yeah. but I think if you love other people truly, like you should never force anyone to do anything. But it is like a, a semi hateful position that if you look at if you're trying to convert people to God, why would you try and, and ostracize? some group of people that you don't agree with, no. how is that going to make them want to come closer? I understand what you're saying. I think, though, it's a little disingenuous in discussing the motivations behind gay activists trying to force religious bakeries or religious florists to participate in their wedding. I, I don't think it's like you should be loving and you should accept us. I do think it, it, it is in a lot of ways an, an attempt to force them to bow down to the new altar, right? Uh, historically, I'm thinking of yeah. Constantinople. I'm thinking of Hagia Sophia, a magnificent church in Constantinople. It was invaded by, by a Muslim army and they turned that church into a mosque, right? Not because they said, oh, we're all going to be loving, because they wanted to basically convert the, the Christians in the area, that even if they would still be allowed to use the church for their services, they would still have to look up and they'd see minarets, right? And they'd see, and they'd see the crescent moon. And they know that even if they have their beliefs, their beliefs aren't really in charge anymore. And that your beliefs come second to some kind of other law. 
Well, that's not how it's supposed to be in this country. It, it, you're not supposed to have to put your religious beliefs at check them at the door so that you can become subservient to come some kind of civil procedure. It, it doesn't work that way. So I, I, I get what you're saying that we should all be loving. And yeah, I love I, I have tons of gay friends and I love them to death. Right. I, I'm going to a wedding next year. I'm super excited about it. I'm actually in in the uh, in the party at the wedding. Super pumped about it. But I, I think it's disingenuous to say that it's all about, oh, we should just all be coming together when there is a very vengeful part to this of trying to force religious conservatives to bow down. I agree with you on the business side. I don't think it's right that they should, that anyone should be forced to. I'm more of what's just kind of like as a society, how we think about things and treat people. Like it sounds like you guys pretty much do what I what I'm kind of what I was putting out there, I guess, for like how to interact with gay people and how it's different for everybody. But it sounds like you always is very accepting still of the person and you want to love on them still. So it's like that's more what I was getting at the policy stuff. I, I mean, it always goes to policy, but really what's upstream from policy is the culture. And that's more what I was kind of referring to with the call. But I, I hear what you're and saying. Whole, it's never good to force The anyone. whole conversation was just basically what I, what I, why I brought it up is that if you identify as LGBT, your orders of magnitude more likely to also identify as progressive in your political bent than you are to be a conservative. All right, so it's, here, it's nothing to denigrate them. Uh, uh, it's, it's, it was yeah. nothing to denigrate them. Just to yeah. identify that if we're looking for the next generation to save us from progressivism, the early warning signs are that we, we shouldn't hold our breath on us. So I wish that Lissa was actually listening to me right now. I don't know, if she, know that she is, but if she was, I would want her to call. So Lissa, if you're listening, 888-441-1121. Um, I think Lissa could answer that question. I, I, don't, I don't believe that being LGBTQ MOP, whatever, 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 uh, necessarily makes you progressive. I think that they go towards a place where they feel safer in that environment because of the rhetoric that comes from the Democrats. It doesn't make them less likely to be conservative in other areas. It makes them less have less comfort in knowing that they could be accepted in those environments. Right. So, so, so I, yeah, again, I, you're, you're talking to Zach, you're talking to a guy that spent many years in the Middle East and in Africa in very uncomfortable places. Um, frankly, loving More people die. Yeah, a hundred percent die because they're gay, right? They're killed, yep. murdered. But more important than that, even 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 using that as a low threshold for some of the things that happen to people there, I would be in rooms with jihadis, with terrorists. I'd be in rooms with people that are under ICC indictment for the Hague, for for war crimes. Right. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm talking and and. And I've got all the pictures to back it up. And people that know me know that this is what happened. I, I've been in environments where I did not think I was going to get out of that environment. And at the end of the day, I had to, at that point, decide, all right, am I or am I not going to just love them where they are? Be okay. It's fine. It's going to, it, it's the end. <laughs> Be okay with it. But I'll still having the conversations to get myself out of it and still operating with strength. So I, I think it's I think it's a balancing act, even in the people's heads that are people of faith, that, that believe in God and that they, they do want to love those people. But they they do not want to give back society to a place or give society to a place that erodes all the trust, ethical behaviors and things that, frankly, are are, are what we should have as a as, you know, as a as a guiding light or a true north of, of how we run our our communities. That's all. Yeah. Yeah. Well said, I would say. Yeah. Zach, any uh, other comments on the other stories we've been talking about? What do you think about the Chicago uh, shooting? Education, I can give you a little bit because I, I, I have a friend that is a teacher and she had the diversity inclusion training group in their school teaching them. And it was a African-American lady doing the presentation and she said in the presentation, if you have unruly African-American kids in your class, don't try and correct them into a more constructive behavior. Just let them be unruly and don't say anything about the situation or anything like that. And I thought that was very interesting. I asked the person if, if they said anything when they said that. And they're like, no, because they were scared of the ramifications. If you say anything about any of that, you might lose your job right now. So just to put that there's a lot of that i think happening in society that people don't don't have the courage 
and it's understand. I mean, it's scary right now. So you can't expect everyone to do everything, but to wake them up where maybe they don't act yet, but they will act in the future, I think is going to be crucial for the next four to eight years. Oh yeah. I have no doubt about that. And that, that we hear crazy stories about that, of how teachers are being taught to actually just presume that black students just just presume that they're going to get a lower grade and, and bump up the scores. That's what racism is. The the idea yes, that we're, we're teaching, teaching teachers to expect less from a student based on their race. That's that is undoubtedly racism. Um, and I, I've heard a lot of stories like that. Hey, we, we have some other people that are waiting. Zach, I want to say thank you to you for the call and for, um, you know, just your contribution to the conversation. I, I truly, I could agree with probably 99% of, of what you said. Hey, thanks guys. Have a good one. Have a good right. weekend. God bless you. Have a great weekend. Uh, thanks. You too. We got a bunch of other callers on here, Max, try to get to a couple more of them. Sure. Whatever you just plugged in is now creating a buzzing sound. Yeah. Now there's no buzzing. Oh, okay. Is it your laptop? It is. All right. Can we can we go the last couple minutes without the laptop so we don't have the buzzing? It's back. You plugged it in. I hear it. Yeah. You can't fool me. It's 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 a fee, it's a ground loop. That's the problem. No, we, we we you do need to unplug it because we have a ground loop and it's creating a buzz. Just plug it um, in. So who do we have? Who do we have next, Josh? Working on it right now. All right, Josh, working on it. Like a fine prison wine, it takes time. Yeah, fine prison wine. Yeah. All right, let's see if this works now. Let's see, you ready? Let's see what the ground loop. Ah, perfect. That's and gone. Now it's gone. All right, so. Now it's gone. I, you know, what's interesting is that we can actually talk about faith. We can talk about things that are in both sides of the political aisle. And I think that there are people that actually understand and have, can they can identify with what we're talking about. They can say, look, I, yeah, I find myself in that same place. Right. So interesting. Uh, interesting that we can, we can actually agree. And probably we're all, we all agree. And, and, and it will be interesting is to have some, if, if one of these, uh, you know, radicals that are actually listening, want to call in, I'd certainly have a conversation. If you could say if civil, What's that? I, I don't know if we have, I don't know hey, if you Dylan? have the time, but we do have Dylan on Dylan. Dylan what's up, buddy? Well, I, I tried to call in earlier, but I called in a little bit late. Um, I'm in the military currently, and I was going to try to talk to you guys about how we take an oath to follow orders from the commander-in-chief and officers appointed over us, and it's scary when you start to lose faith in your commander-in-chief. But since we're at it, almost out of time, I know you guys are, I just want to say, Max, please, the, you need the beard back, and <laughs> Joe's Jeep and Joe's Jeep is better. Yes. Nah, I don't know Woo, about that. I don't know about Dylan. that. Love this guy. Come on. Hey, thank you for your service, brother. Appreciate you. Thank you, guys. And I thank you guys for what you do. I listen daily while I'm at work out at the ranch. And uh, I'll try to call in earlier on another Friday and, and try to talk to you guys. All right. Take care. God bless we, you. Okay. Right. Thanks. We got we got a couple more. What's going on? on? The... Do we have a couple more waiting? We got one more holding. I right, one more. Okay. Get on. Um. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know about the Jeep stuff. I still think Joe's Jeep looks more like it's a UN vehicle. Um, looks like it's about to drop off a couple bags of rice to the nearest refugee camp. But everyone has different tastes. I think we can all conclude that Josh has the worst truck out of all three of us. I think okay, so um, I'm not going to be able to finish the show out here. Gammy's on. I'm going to. I'm gonna let you talk to Gammy. Ah, uh, Gammy's here. on. So, thanks for insulting my truck. I yeah. appreciate both of you. Yeah, I didn't. <laughs> hey, I was talking about. I was. I was talking about prison wine. I wasn't talking about your truck. I'm that never came out of my mouth. Hey, Gammy, how are you? Gammy Sparkles. Gammy, you there? Is she there? Yep. Hello. Hi, Gammy. Okay, All right, help us close out the show. What do you want to talk about? I ha I'm going to ask you permission if I may change the subject and give everybody a homework assignment for the weekend, if I'm allowed. Sure. Sure. All right. I sent this email at about, I don't know when, last night to, to Joe's Proton Place because 
I was trying to get done and then send a question for Lauren Bobert, but then she didn't get to stay long. We didn't get to do the, yeah. you know, leave it on the uh, 888 number. Doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. It's cool. She was cool. We'll, but, we'll have her uh, back and we'll do those questions. Yeah, I know. I'm not worried. Listen, so by accident, okay, because I was listening to what's what is it? Uh, Chris Plant. When I get done listening to all the shows, you know, like mm-hmm. Tucker and all those other guys, I get so fried, I have to go take a soak. <laughs> and so I get my Dr. Teal good stuff, and, so, and I, then I put the damn radio on, and there's Chris Plant with his doo 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 and all those late-night conspiracy guys. First they talk about damn aliens, and I'm like, oh, crap. I'm a, I got my little friend with me now, my machete. Um, but anyway, <laughs> I took a picture to send you all. Then, so, but listening to Chris Plant last night, really. A picture of you taking a soak? No, the machete. All right, good. Yeah, come on. Where are you going here, Max? Come on now. She said that she gets fired up. She has to take a soap. That's what I make. Just want to clarify. Somebody that's available. You guys are taken, baby. You ain't happening. You know. Oh, man. Gammy, you made me blush. Good. We need some blushing. It's Friday. You know, if I could drink, which I can't, I'd be drunk <laughs> right now, but I can't have that much, you know. It just doesn't work. But um, anyway, to get back to this, they freaked me out because it started listening to one show, and then Chris Plant starts talking about this guy named Eric Lander. And Eric Lander is supposed to be the um, science advisor to the current poser-in-chief. And... um. So I thought, well, okay, I don't know anything about all this. So I look up at uh, this guy, right, uh, Eric Lander. And let me tell you what I found. I'm just going to rip this off, and I want everybody to look this up and do your own checking and see what else finger network you can find. It turns out that Lander is um, – uh, wait a minute, where is it? Just a second. I wrote it down so I don't get screwy. Professor at uh, Harvard – for biochemical things, okay? That's a good one. I, that's a new one, biochemical things. Well, now, there's more. No, no, no. All Listen right. to this. This is going to make you crap your drawers. I'm serious. It, little, it could have me, but I was soaking, so forget that. Um, so <laughs> he is connected to... Uh-oh. 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 Where are you going? What, what happened? Oh, I thought we what got happened? cut off. No, Sorry. we're listening. We're listening. Oh, no, we're here. All right. He's also the um, uh, the guy that created the Broad Institute, and they do all kinds of bio, molecular, genetic, eugenic, you know, researches. And so is Whitehead. So now you have all these connections to this guy. Well, guess what? It goes bigger than that. Bill Gates funded money through Epstein's foundation, which funded, guess who? Eric Lander's research, molecular, biochemical, blah, blah, blah. And now let's go a little further. Guess who else hung out with the boys? Who? Mr. Fauci. Oh, Fauci. Okay, this is going. No, no, these are all connections to eugenics, molecular chemistry, bio, you know, all that stuff, the conspiracy theories of what the hell was going on years ago, and they're all connected. And I don't know how far you can connect these dots, but this guy, and, oh, and don't forget another one that's connected somehow is Ezekiel Emmanuel. I think he wrote the ACA Act. He's the brother of Rahm Emanuel, and he's the one that kind of believes in this eugenics and, you know, if the old people are sick, give it to somebody else. Well, I would give my heart to my family if I had to, to save them, even if it meant I'm going down, you know, but we should have the choice. Well, these guys somehow are also connected to the global Oshloss. And I'm going to tell you what, I don't know what the hell else, but it's just too suspect. This is just too big of a root network. I was freaked out. I couldn't sleep for, you know, sheesh. Anyway, I just want everybody to check this out and and snoop it out 
there's got to be way more than I'm, I'm, I'm just, you know, a mere mortal here coming up with stuff. And you guys, some of you are probably way smarter than me. So, you know, um, holy Jaisa. All I got to tell you is I was so freaked out last night, making, connecting the dots, I guess. This guy is in the White House with all those people. Listen, this is all going back way more than we know. This has got to be way bigger than we can, you know, it's <laughs> I mean, this is the Twilight Zone come alive. Holy crap. I'm telling you. So anyway, that's it. Go look it up and get your own tidbits because we are just being screwed, right. glued, and tattooed every day. All right. Well, hey, thanks for calling, yeah. uh, Gammy. We do appreciate you. And um, by the way, I got uh, your information. I think we're going to send it over to make sure you make it to every FEC meeting. And that that. Uh, so thanks for calling in. God bless you. Have a great weekend. Well, thank you. And tell them to call if they need somebody talk German to me the other day. And I didn't catch them because <laughs> you can't go back and get the comments. I wish that person would, you know, write me. Um, um, you know, somewhere out there. Gammy Sparkles, Facebook, Jeannie Rush. I'm out there. You can find me. All right. No, I can't. I, that's why I got my little friend. I'm a... <laughs> All right. Take care, Gammy. All right. God All bless right, you. Bye-bye. Have a All good right. weekend. You too. Thank you. So that, that leads so, me to... Go ahead. Well, I was just going to real quick. Lots of people in the DLive comment section are asking, did we hit the numbers that we need to be able to apply for to become a verified partner? We can put up my screen, Mr. Producer. We did. Um, so we do now have 20 subscribers. We just need to stream on DLive for three more days this month, and then we'll be able to apply for that. Um, so uh, yes, we just need to wait three more days, and then we can hit that application button. And then we'll get things like um, chat rooms for you guys to talk um, new transcoding video storage. That's the big one, being able to save videos on DLive for you to watch back 25 days right now it's i think it's three or four days and then they get deleted forever off of d life so 25 days of video on demand storage is going to be the big one and then the chest will accumulate faster so we'll be able to give out lemons to everyone else even faster um so yeah i just wanted to give everyone that update so so the the other thing i want to i want to just point out and um so we, we should have this done by monday and that is having all the stickers and stuff done so we can actually launch those too yeah, so we're, we should get that done by Monday. Um, but, uh, you know, we, we, have, uh, we have an amazing opportunity to push truth, right, out there. And I know it's the end of the show, but I want to take a minute and just tell everyone that the reason why we've grown and have done the things that we've done is because of you, right? And we do know that, like, Apple's working against us, Spotify's working against us, not because of you, Josh. <laughs> Your prison wine is not helping me a whole lot. Right. Max shaving his face and looking like junior, Max Jr. is not helping. No, but yeah. um, but 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 and we recognize that sometimes you don't like how we say it. I do get fired up. Max gets fired up. We have differences of opinion. And the good part about it is we want to come out the other side of it and say, look, at least it's authentic. At least it's truthful. And and by going through this, this, these conversations, we, number one, it's cathartic. We can actually say, Hey, look, I'm not the only one, but we have to be able to push that truth out in, in more places. And as you push that truth out, and as we start having conversations with other, um, like-minded people, you know, we'll start figuring out that we're not alone. I mean, there's more of us, there's, there's hundreds of millions more of us than there are of them. And I do think that that, that is how big of a chasm that we're talking about. They just happen to think in a very evil way. Like, how do we destroy everything around us, right? And they've, they've, they've succeeded because we've fallen asleep at the wheel. So as you push us out and you tell people about who we are and what we're doing, and um, as we have these conversations, we're going to expand things and, and do some things to uh, give you more of a voice, um, not just uh, with Conservative Daily or with your congressman, but even in your states and, and your communities. And Joe, something you asked last night was that we stream on Twitch as well. Yeah. We streamed today on Twitch and we had one person view it, but I think that person was me because I had the screen open. So we will stay on Twitch for as long as Twitch will have us, though, based on Twitch's enforcement of their terms of service. I do not imagine that will be very long and we will not change any of our conversations topics based on Twitch. We'll just go on Twitch as long as we're on Twitch. And when we get banned from Twitch for 
violating some rule, it'll just be done. So that's another place you'll be able to watch it. Twitch.tv forward slash conservative daily. All one word should get you there. Well, that's going to be it for this edition of the podcast. We, I will be doing an episode tomorrow. I'm going to think about it, think it through. So leave in the comment section what you want the podcast to be about, anything history. Um, we will have a podcast tomorrow, so make sure you tune into that. Um, also, make sure you subscribe to the audio version available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Pandora, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, Podbean, all great places. Leave us a good review on Apple Podcasts if you can. We go live Monday through Saturday, 2 p.m. Eastern on Facebook, YouTube, DLive, now Twitch, and our own website, conservative-daily.com. So make sure you log in and create a username there. That way, if we do get suspended or do get censored everywhere else, at least we have that place where we can have get let our voice get out there. Um, so check out all the links in the description. Send freedom to 89517. Get added to the text list. Sign up for the email newsletter. All the great stuff. Check out all the links. That's going to be it for this edition of the podcast. My name is Max McGuire. My name is Joe Oltman. And this is our producer, Josh. <laughs> A face for radio. <laughs> <laughs> Remember, everyone, that the fight to take back our country isn't over yet, but the only way we win is if we all stand up and fight together.